the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Amen. We thank God for today and we bless him for helping us to see a new month and for what he has in stock for us in this month. In the name of our Lord Jesus, I will continue on redefining success as I continue the excel. And then in the second service, I will still be teaching in the light of success. But in this context, we'll be looking at financial success. Amen. And I'll, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be doing a series on kingdom way to success financially. So I'll be teaching on giving. Amen. Now look at Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. It's always important that we align our minds with scripture. Somebody say align your mind with scripture. What makes you a believer is how much of your thinking is scripture. What makes you a Christian is how much of your thinking is scripture. Somebody say what makes me a Christian is how much of my thinking is scripture. Is not in what you wear, is not in where you stay, is not in the number of hours you pray, is how much of your thinking is scripture. How much of your thinking? Because whoever a person is is reflected in their thinking. If you say you are a Christian, we will know you by your thoughts. The Bible says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you can be a Christian who doesn't think like one, and if you don't think like one, you are not one. That's why we always have to evaluate our thinking and make sure that we are thinking in sync with scripture. Our thoughts line up with the word of God. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, give me Isaiah before we come to this please, Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 8, Isaiah 55 verse number 8, it's interesting. The Bible says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, my thoughts, somebody say my thoughts. Say my thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Until we think like God, we cannot function like God. Until we think like God, we cannot get the results that God expects us to get. And you see, God's word is God's thoughts in print. Somebody say God's word. Is God's thoughts in print. Say God's word. Is God's thoughts imprint so when god thinks he makes sure that his thoughts are documented some of us we think but we don't think well because we don't document our thoughts god documents his thoughts and after thinking and speaking for years that is what we have in volumes called the bible that's god's thoughts 
So, in every area of our life, if you meet a genuine Christian, a genuine Christian is one who is constantly evaluating his thoughts. Look, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Then he says, be not conformed. Somebody say, be not conformed. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, be changed, be metamorphosed. He says, by the renewing of your mind. Somebody say, renewing of your mind. Say, the renewing of my mind is the genesis of my transformation. If you be transformed to become the kind of person God wants you to become, it begins with your mind. That's why after new birth, the most important thing to pursue is knowledge. If I meet a Christian who does not have value for knowledge, they are always looking for somebody to lay their hands on them and pray for them. But they don't have value for knowledge. You begin to share knowledge with them and they begin to sleep. They don't have value for knowledge. They always want, I want pastor, I want quick prayer. Quick prayer will not bring you permanent deliverance. But when you are informed, you can take charge of your destiny. When people, someone prays for you, he has helped you up to a point and it's good to be prayed for. But if you want to sustain success in a long term, then you need to know what God has said. And in this series, we are looking at God's mind on success because we've read from motivational books, we've attended motivational seminars, and we have been exposed to the world's thinking as far as success is concerned. So people come to God, they come to church, and they are expecting to see success in a certain way. And when you embrace the world's values, and you see things the way the world sees them, there is no way you can get God's results looking at things from the world's perspective. So in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible tells us that this book of the law, somebody say this book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Now, look at the number of times the word you and the word your appears in this scripture. Then you will see that the responsibility for success lies squarely on every man's shoulder. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So, from your mouth is one, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that this read then you will make your way then you will have good success how many times do you see the word you several times here in one verse of scripture is repeated severally that when it comes to success and the word success in the hebrew actually means to deal wisely with the affairs of life if you are going to deal wisely with the affairs of life you have to take responsibility because success is not something that happens from outside you. Success happens within you. Somebody say, it happens within me. Yeah, success happens. The genesis of success is from within. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. And that was the genesis of our teaching. We realized that if the Bible talks about good success, then there must be opposite to it. And we talked about the fact that success is not always success. 
There are people who have succeeded in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, they are abject failures. And you will not fail in Jesus' name. So we looked at two kinds of success, good and bad success. And we touched on them, giving some characteristics about them. But we also started looking at redefining success. And so we are looking at success from a biblical perspective. When God says a man is successful, what is he looking at? How does God judge success? How many of us want to succeed? You will succeed in Jesus' name. So, how does God judge success? We have our own views. Some people judge success as performance. Some see it as a status in life. Some see it as a position in life. Some see it as possessions. But how does God see success? Number one, we said good success. So, we talked about what good success is not. Before we will look at what good success is, and hopefully that's what I'll be doing next week. What good success is not number one, we said it's not the attainment of desirable goals, as the dictionary puts it. The dictionary defines success as the attainment of desirable goals. You set a goal, you work hard at it, and then you make sure that you don't procrastinate, and then you attain it. Then we say you are successful. That is what motivational speakers teach us. And that is what the dictionary also say. But that is not exactly what God says. You can have a plan to rob a bank and you be successful to rob them at a very strategic time and you succeed at the robbery and bring home about 500,000 uh, Ghana cities or whatever. At the end of the day, you have succeeded in the robbery. But in the sight of God, you are a failure because wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish but he that gathered by labor shall increase the bible says that as the heart seated on eggs and hatched them not so he who getteth riches and not by right shall leave it in the midst of his days and at the end he shall be a fool that is jeremiah so you see that getting what you want does not necessarily mean that you have succeeded number two we said success is not the acquisition of possessions somebody say acquisition of possessions by all means, if you can get some good possessions, get them. Can build a house, build it. Get a car, get it. Own an estate, do that. If you start businesses, start them. But listen, don't define success as any of those. Because the day you lose them, you will see yourself as a failure. Job never saw himself as a failure. What did Job not lose? Everything. He lost and lost and lost and lost and lost. That Even his family, he lost them all. What a colossal loss. And yet he never saw himself as a failure. And because he never saw himself as a failure, did you see that he got everything back? That's why I told you success is from within. If success begins from outside, you cannot sustain it. And when you lose it, people, you hear people go through crisis and the moment they go through the crisis, they never come out the same. Some people go through crisis and then they end up taking their life. Some people go through crisis and then they become emotionally warped. They, they are not able to get their lives together again. It's because they are taking their sense of worth and value from what is outside them. But when your sense of worth and value is in Christ, Every other thing is an add-on. And Christ will never leave you. So that's where it begins from. Good success is not the acquisition of possessions. The rich fool was a fool because he saw good success as attainment of possessions. He had all of them. Not only what he was going to eat today, but he had some laid up for many years. 
a lot of them, but in a split second, he lost his soul and there was no meaning to the success he had. Number three, we said school success is not the attainment of a position or status in life. Good success is not the attainment of a status or a position in life. Number four is what I started sharing on the last time, which I couldn't finish, is that good success is not just getting married and raising children. Somebody say good success, good success. is not just getting married and raising children. Yeah, good success is not getting married and raising children. As good as it is to marry as great as it is to have children, good success is not defined by getting married and raising children. Africans really, 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 really understand success as having a child. So the average African is not a success if he has no child. Society will make you feel like you are a failure. So people put a lot of pressure. We do all kinds of things. Sometimes our women go through all kinds of things. Visiting all kinds of places. Human beings in their normal senses should not visit. Just because they want to have a child. So people will see them as success. Good success is not just about having children and getting married. Praise God. Because the moment we begin to define success as getting married and raising children then those who never get married, and you know some people will not marry. Am I complicating it? Yeah, it's not something that is easily preached, but it is in the Bible. Not everybody will marry. And the people who marry, some of them will divorce also. So the people who divorce, we will term them as failures. The people who have challenges in their homes, there are people who have not divorced, but they are better divorced. They are not divorced, but they are better of divorced. Because they are not living life the way God designed their lives to be. Now look at what the Bible says. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. Somebody say concerns of this life. You see, we have to come to a place where we measure success, not just in terms of the happenings in our lives in this life, but what happens in our life thereafter. Because that's where real life is measured. The real value of your life is not measured on this side of the planet. The real value, the worth of your life is measured on the other side. And that's why it's so important. Paul is speaking in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 32. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. Somebody say concerns of this life. And he's going to talk about some of the concerns of this life. He says, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. This is an uncommon opportunity for singles. If you are here and you are not married, your primary responsibility is towards the Lord. Somebody say towards the Lord. Yeah. The Bible says that a married man cares for the things of God. So if you are unmarried and you are also not concerned about spiritual things, something is fundamentally wrong with your mindset. You are not operating with a scriptural mindset. The scriptural mindset is that when you are not married, your time and everything you have is devoted towards kingdom advancement. Look at that. I want you to be free. Go to verse number 33. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how he has to please his wife. Two things every unmarried man goes through. There are two emotions. When he's making a decision, he thinks about pleasing the family. He thinks about pleasing the Lord. There are some instructions God cannot easily give to a married man. 
unless the person has so educated himself or matured in the Lord up to a certain point. It's not easy for God to give certain instruction to married men. No, 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 it's not easy. The single man, whatever God tells him, he can easily carry it out. But the married man, that the moment he says, God has spoken to me, if you have an unspiritual wife, you have to bring it and now she will tell you what she is also thinking about what you have said. And you have to factor her thoughts into what you are saying. Why? Because you have a responsibility not just to please God, but also to please her. So you are living in two worlds. His interest is divided. Can you see that? I'm not teaching anything that is not in the Bible, so stop looking at me with some eye. The Bible says his interest is divided. Every married man has divided interests. One is for kingdom purpose. The other is for uh, wife and children purpose. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Now look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Do you see that marriage is only relevant on earth? That's why you have to be very careful your approach towards spiritual things when you marry. I always feel so sad and sorry for women. When they give birth, they marry. I have I've pastored for quite some time now and I've seen it again and again. Even here, our people try. But the average woman, the moment she gives birth, all her commitment and devotion to the Lord reduces. The average woman, now because of the children, they don't have time to come to church. When they come to church, they don't have time to be involved in things of church. They literally banish themselves from kingdom engagement because they are married. Because they have children. Because they have family. But listen, when it comes to eternity, this marriage is not there. It's an earthly responsibility. Marriage is only a success when it helps you to fulfill God's ordained purpose for your life. Otherwise, marriage is a failure marriage is success when it helps you as long as this woman helps me to fulfill god's purpose we have succeeded but if she is not helping god forbid and we have to go our separate way so that i can fulfill god's purpose i'm a success in the eyes of god you see you are looking at me yeah that's bible that's bible because you should rather please god than please man a lot of believers today think that divorcees are going to hell. Some people even can't say that if you're a divorcee preacher, I will not listen to you. Who is fooling himself? Who is fooling who? You won't listen to him. Who cares? God is speaking through him. If you're not listening, who loses? Yeah. Because the people who may even be married and you think you are listening to, if you knew them well, you revise your nose. Yeah. He has not had the courage to step out and face his fears. So he's still inside and pretending to uh, make things okay. But there are people who are worse off. Am I communicating here? Now, I am forever for the sanctity of marriage. But scripture must be taught rightly. Praise God. Marriage is an earthly responsibility. And that's why when you marry a woman, women, when you marry, you don't marry a man because he's cool, he's handsome, he's nice. You marry a man that has purpose and you are going to help him fulfill that purpose because that's what you are going to be rewarded for. That, that is it. Oh, this guy, he's cool. He's six packs, he's seven packs, whatever. No, 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 don't fool yourself. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. That's not what you are after. 
we may not all be married, but we can all live a life of purpose and impact on our generation for eternity. Not everybody will be married, and we saw it in scripture. Let's go back and read what we are reading because it's quite an interesting text. This is Paul speaking. He said, I'm not saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with few distractions as possible. Verse 36, but if a man thinks he is treating his fiancée improperly and would inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It's not a sin. So it's not a sin to marry. Somebody says it's not a sin to marry. Now, but if he has decided firmly not to marry and there's no agency and he can control his passion, he does well not to marry. Did you see that? Uh-huh. You do well even when you don't marry because you are able to give your best to the Lord. You give your full attention to the Lord. I'm not sure if Apostle Paul had married, he would have done the works he did. So the person who marries his fiancée does well and the person who does not marry that's even better. Look at verse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you with me here? Now, so if your whole goal in life, and because a lot of ladies think like that, a lot of women think like that, their whole goal is to get married and have children. They think that when I marry and have my own children, then I have succeeded. No, you can still marry and have thousands of children and still be a failure. So get that straight. One day, some people came to Jesus. Matthew 22, verse 23 to 30. The same day, Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who said there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher Moses said, if a man dies with children, without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So his brothers married the widow. But the second brother also died and the third brother married and died. Hey, Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us whose wife she will be in the resurrection. For all seven were married to her at one point in time or the other. Jesus replied, your mistake. Somebody say your mistake. And a lot of people are still making mistakes. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. There are too many mistakes we make in life when we don't apply ourselves to the word of God. Too many mistakes. Too many mistakes. And you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, look at that, 30. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like angels in heaven. Somebody say an amen. amen. Say an amen. amen. Yeah. Was Jesus a failure? Did he marry? Did he have children? Was Paul a failure? Did he marry? Did he have children? Yeah. Prophetess Anna kept praying for the arrival of the Messiah. She married for just about seven years or so. And then lived for about 84 years. The greater part of her life, she lived a single widow without any child. But her significance and impact on the birth and the redemption story can never be discounted. Mother Teresa was one woman who imparted generations. And forever her name is spoken about. She was a Catholic nun, never married, and made significant impact. Catherine Coleman is one woman who brought us modern-day revelation about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That woman had a lot of issues maritally. 
but she fulfilled her assignment. I'm not communicating here. Now, listen. If you have challenges, deal with it. But never, never. Next week, I'll be talking about what good success really means. So, it is very, very important that we appreciate what scripture says. One day, Jesus spoke about divorce and then his disciples said, Hey, if it is like this, then it's better than a man should not marry. Then Jesus gave uh, a statement. Matthew 19, verse 11 to 12. Not everyone can accept this statement. Let's start from verse 10. Verse 10. His disciples told him, If this is the case, it is better not to marry. Uh-huh. So maybe uh, you were considering marriage before and because of what I've said, you are saying, hey, pastor, if it's really like this, then I'm going to rethink my position. Now, let's examine whether you qualify. Jesus said, only those whom God helps. So, there are people God has supernaturally helped to do so. Then he says, verse 12, for there are eunuchs. Some are born eunuchs. New kingdom says, there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. So, assess yourself. Those of you are thinking that maybe you should stay single, assess yourselves. So that you don't leave here and say, oh, today pastor preached, the message was for me. I've decided I'm not married. Assess yourself. The responsibility is going to be yours. He says, there are eunuchs who were born from their mother's womb. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. So, choose your choice. Just like somebody said. You have to understand. I want every single lady, every single man, everyone who is been married and maybe you have a challenge, you are divorced in this church. I want you to understand that you can live a meaningful life without necessarily being married. Yeah, you can live a meaningful life. You can live a meaningful life without necessarily being married. Because there are people who are married... And are not happy because they went into marriage looking for happiness. But you can happy yourself anywhere. First Corinthians 7 verse 1 to 8. Now regarding questions you ask in your letter. Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each one should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and his wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan will not be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I said this as a concession, not as a command. I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each one has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I said to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. If you can take it, you take it. Number five, good success is not just about living long and healthy life on earth. How many of you want to live a healthy life? You will be healthy. How many of you want to live a long life? You will live very long. Uh Good success. It's not just about living long and living a healthy life. It's good. The Bible says, with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. So long life is good. Great health 
is something to be desired. But good success is much more than that. I don't know whether I can describe Methuselah as successful. Methuselah. How many of you remember Methuselah? Who was he? He lived very long. But in terms of purpose and impact, the only record about him is that he lived long. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Methuselah, he lived long. He lived long. Who did he impart? He lived long. What did he do? He lived long. That's all. That's not success. Success is not just about living long. Jesus lived 33 years. His impact is still speaking. That is success. That is success. Steve Jobs lived for how long? About 40 something years. His impact is still speaking. What will you be remembered for? When you die and you go, what will you be remembered for? That's all. Apostle Paul spoke and said, and it's believed that Apostle Paul lived between 50 and 65 years. That man said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Wherefore there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give unto me, and not to me only, but unto all them who love his appearing. Will you finish your assignment? Would you be able to say like Jesus said, it is finished? Would you be able to say like Apostle Paul said, it is finished? Or you just go through the motions, live long, a very long life, a very prosperous life, and yet making no meaningful and lasting impact on humanity. Good success, number one, is not just about attaining your desired goals. Good success, number two, is not just about acquisition of wealth or possessions. Good success is not the attainment of position in life. Good success is not just about getting married and raising children. Good success, by all means, is not just about living long and healthy on the earth. So what then is good success? That will be our answer for next week. I trust that you've been blessed. Afraqa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afraqa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.